0: So, um, a Florida man, (laughs) he was a... Always Florida. A Florida man was out uh, magnet fishing. Doing what? Magnet fishing.
1: Like fishing for magnets?
0: Nope. Fishing with a magnet. Uh, So I I guess it's something you do in Florida. I don't know. But instead of a hook, he had a, a big magnet. So he was looking for valuables on the ocean floor. So like one of those crane games but it's like a magnet I guess What's that i like to just envision him with a regular fishing pole and he like tied
1: a magnet to it and sure but i'm not thinking like one with an like actual reel that you get at like bass pro shop but like hey if you just you know you need some advertising space bass pro shop we got you but like i imagine this like a, a stick with like yarn at the end like super low tech mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's that's why i envision that yeah it's a t- definitely a two-person job magneting is or- it yeah, you can eat, I mean, it's, or you have to have some place you can stick the stick. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so, guy.
1: You could have gone with place the stick, put the stick. Yeah, stick the stick. It's, Sounds it's, like a hockey move. <laughs> um, stick the stick, Charlie.
0: Well, he found something. <laughs> Mighty Ducks. This, this Florida man found something. Uh, I, I don't know how often he finds something that's worth, like, some decent money, but. He actually found um, some memorabilia, I guess you could call it, from World War II, in, um, off the
1: Florida coast. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know if it was like maybe from training or something, or if it actually floated all the way over here. No, I, I, there had to have been some naval yeah.
1: bases in Florida, and this uh, whatever this memorabilia is, yeah, must have fallen off a ship or something. I can't. Mm-hmm. There were no battles anywhere near Florida, not that I know of, unless there were some secret battles that no one told us about. Get your tinfoil hats out, people. I'm sure we would got a conspiracy theory. We
0: would've seen a documentary on the History Channel by right now. Ken Burns would've done a four-hour documentary on just one battle. So it wasn't like a metal... That's conservative. It wasn't a metal... Well, it was made of metal, but it wasn't like a metal. We get it, Ken Burns. You can make long movies. Um, it wasn't like a, a bayonet or something like that. Big
1: fan of your baseball
0: documentary, though, Ken. It was awesome. It was a hand grenade.
1: What? <laughs> yes.
0: With the pin still in. <laughs> So he found a live grenade. He found a live grenade from World War II. and um, the story goes he threw it in the back of it, knew what it was, threw it in the back of his truck. Florida man pin was in, so Still. and um I think it was old, and you know you would think at that point he calls the authorities or someone you know hey I found a grenade like what should I do with it since I got the pin like the, um called the Pentagon but and he did call the
1: I found your grenade,
0: he did call the authorities. But he had to make a crucial stop first. Taco Bell. He was hungry. It was like 5 p.m. Long day of magneting. So he drives to Taco Bell, gets his crunchy gordita, and I don't know what he got. Maybe a Baja Blast. Live Mas.
1: Baja Blast would be apropos. For that, it, you know? that means live more in Spanish. No means appropriate. What does? Apropos. I was talking about what I said, live Mas. Ah, yes. Their slogan. Taco Bell, if you need a place to advertise. Grenade in trunk,
0: Baja Blast in hand, he calls the police and says, hey, found a grenade. They evacuate the entire Taco Bell, evacuate the <laughs> parking lot for several hours, as like, Bomb Squad can come and take care of this. And uh, I think it was, uh, they determined it wasn't a risk, they, but they took it from him.
1: And so we... Uh, so even if he pulled the pin and threw it, nothing would have happened, basically? Because it had been underwater for almost 80 years, right? Yeah, so they removed the device without incident,
0: reopened the Taco Bell later that day. So, one of the few um, stories about Taco Bell where you hear of something explosive happening and not related to the food. This is Subjectively Correct Sports. Um, The only show taking place in this corner of my house featuring David, Anthony, myself, and me. And I, and no one else, just the two of us, and you, listener, you fan, Uh, you can find the show on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Uh, you can come watch live. Please don't do that. Please (laughs) Uh, don't do that. There's no room for you here. However you choose. Except for that last way. To consume our show, subscribe, like it, give it a rating, send us an email uh, subjectively correct at gmail.com visit the website www.subjectivelycorrect.com send that link to your friends it'll make it very easy for them to describe there's a link, subscribe you're done uh, I
1: and mean, you get else? stories like that grenade story every week
0: yeah um, volatile I don't know what I was saying <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: you just said the word volatile
0: yeah. We're, it's it, Our show, it's it's very volatile. You never know what's going to happen.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah. Like, it could be good or really bad.
1: Either way, it's fun. <laughs> or just, meh. I think we're in that sweet spot where, like, when we're terrible, it's funny. Yeah. And when we're good, it's like, wow, those guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. And we're, we're never in the middle. We can't lose. No, we can't. Yeah. When it's bad, it's funny.
0: Yeah. We're either a comedy show or a, a very kind of, like, high-level sports analysis show.
1: Yeah. We're like the Thinking Man sports show. And the idiots podcast.
0: Yeah, it's it's like Darren Ravel meets three stooges.
1: I'm okay with that. Yeah. We just need another stooge.
0: So before we get into Who'd I be the topic of the day or topics Too little to be mole. Um curly. I have an apology. I'm to definitely make, not a Larry. I have to make an apology, David.
1: Oh, to me? No. Nope. Like, I have a list of... No? Okay.
0: Never to you. Um, I need to apologize to Tony Romo. Last week on the show, we were talking about his brilliance. Yeah. His um, possible uh, time traveling. His football clairvoyance. And um, I mentioned, you know, if, if he is such a football savant, yeah. how is it possible that he didn't lead the Cowboys... Um, To playoff victories, right? Every year. And I failed to, I overlooked uh, that he does have two playoff wins on his resume. Hey,
1: yeah, that's on you, man.
0: One from 2009 against the Eagles. Yep, yep. Well done. One from 2014 over the Lions. The 2014 year, I do remember that one because the next round is when they lost to the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. Oh, that's the, because ca- that's of the, the catch the, game, right? The catch, no catch. The Des Bryant catch, no catch, where the ball. Bobbles, but was his hand under the ball the whole time? If you're a patriot, that's a catch. If you're
1: not a patriot, it's not a catch. That's right.
0: So, yeah. and if you're playing the Packers anywhere from like 2012 to 2017, it's not a catch. Right, makes sense. They seem to get the benefit of a lot of calls during that time frame. Not so much anymore. Mm. Uh, so, Tony Romo, I'm sorry, but of course, you being from the future knew I was going to apologize. So, was this even
1: necessary for me to do? I still don't feel like time travel is possible. And I feel like he just knows a lot about football. But I don't mean to poo-poo your idea. But I am poo-pooing all over that idea. No, mm. he's, not, he's not from the future, Anthony. That's a ridiculous thing to say.
0: There is the theory going around that the game is on a 15-second delay. Like, the, the audio is, is real-time, but the video is delayed. No, 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 no. no. And- <laughs> the, the
1: timing of that would be so hard. The timing the, of that would be so difficult, and he times it up almost perfectly every time.
0: The other the other theory going around nah. uh, is that there is a feed that goes from the offensive coordinator or head coach to the quarterback. okay, And that they can tap into that up until about 15 seconds before the play. And so there is a theory that he has that feed. He's listening to it, so he knows generally kind of what to look for
1: on a given play. Nope. So, nope. Can't people just understand that This man's life, his job, was to play football. And he did it at the highest level in the world. And when he played, he was one of the best quarterbacks out there. He was an elite quarterback. So why can't people just understand that maybe this guy knows more about football (laughs) than you? I don't understand why we're coming up with all these conspiracy theories about him listening in on stuff. When he just might know a lot of football.
0: Or is a time traveler.
1: Okay, let's talk NBA. Okay. So... Collusion's a thing. Well I mean It happens, sure. I mean I, I feel like the conspiracy theorists are out in force right now in the NBA because the unibrow's on the move. <laughs> and uh I feel like everyone in the NBA and all the fans, deep in their basketball hearts, know whether it's true or not, that LeBron James is this puppet master just like pulling all these strings. It doesn't help that he has his own sports agency called Clutch Sports. It doesn't help that his childhood friend, Rich Paul, is an agent.
0: I mean, this doesn't help. His agent and the agent for several very prominent, soon-to-be free agents.
1: Coincidence? So Anthony Davis told the Pelicans, in a move that I feel like stars are going to go to more and more, they're going to their teams and saying, I have a year left on my contract. I'm not going to sign an extension with this organization. So the team is basically handcuffed. If they just let the player go, they lose a star player for nothing and get nothing in return. Or you can trade him in that season or in the next season yeah. to get something out of him because losing a player to free agency like that is just awful. It's basically wasting an asset.
0: Yeah. So so recap the let's recap the Anthony Davis situation. Okay. So he's got his contract runs through the twenty twenty season, so he's got a year and a half left on his contract. Okay, we've got ten days until the NBA trade, trade deadline for this current season. Okay, so his agent over the weekend notified the uh, Dale Demps, the GM of the New Orleans Pelicans.
1: Right, and this this agent of his is Rich Paul, Le- LeBron James' best buddy. Yeah, right.
0: They notified the Pelicans that they weren't going to sign the extension, and they would prefer to be traded sooner rather than later right and so the the pelicans have essentially four options okay they can trade him in the next 10 days yeah okay to any team that's willing to you know give up probably a combination of picks young assets but they have to match up contracts for for players that are coming over
1: so the idea is desperation time are there teams desperate and would do anything for an Anthony Davis right now
0: mm-hmm. um, they can wait till the end of the season because there's specific teams and the most important team the Boston Celtics who could not trade for Anthony Davis right now because they there's, there's a we won't really get into it there's a certain uh, type oh, we of won't? there's a certain type of contract that you can't have two of on your books and and, and Kyrie Irving, Irving has that type of contract it's when you sign a certain type of extension uh, Kyrie Irving is one of those players and so the Celtics already have him on the roster. They couldn't then add Anthony Davis because he's on the same type of contract. Uh huh. They could trade Kyrie Irving for Anthony Davis, but that doesn't seem to make much sense. Uh, and so Drew Holiday, yo. But but Re- the Cel- respect Drew Holiday. Yeah. But the Celtics could. They have a number of picks from other teams. That'll be really good picks.
1: They have he, a few he's, really he's, good young players. Drew Holiday is the current point guard for the Pelicans, and he's good. On both ends of the court. That's why I said respect Drew Holiday. I feel like that required a little bit of explanation. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are like, "Is that a? Is he saying the Jewish holidays? Mm. Are you saying respect Jewish holidays? Y- yeah, you should respect all holidays and everyone's beliefs. It's 2019. I mean, there's I some we beliefs that are just this. bad. Well, yeah, but I mean, not. not come on. Be inclusive.
0: So the Celtics are interesting because they have a number of young players and picks from other teams that'll be highly sought after. Because they
1: have this endless reservoir of assets, these Boston Celtics. Danny Danny Ainge
0: is the smartest GM in the world because as long as he has these picks, he's never going to be fired by the ownership because he always has the potential to pull off a a major trade. Um, But he just doesn't, he he kind of like just adds a little to the pile every year. He's almost like a smog. Right? He's yeah. just increasing his riches and never actually using them. Right? I like that
1: reference. It was a good reference. Shout good. out Benedict Cumberbatch does the voice. Okay. Um, in the movies of course. He didn't voice Smog in the book. So the Celtics couldn't trade for him. Because it was a book. Until free agency starts. Oh, He should read the audiobook of The Hobbit. That would be amazing. Would you do buy that?
0: Would I? Yeah. I have. Well oh, I have the audiobook of the Hobbit.
1: But does Benedict Cumberbatch read it? No,
0: it's some old guy.
1: I think I think Benedict Cumberbatch reading The Hobbit, James Earl Jones reading the Bible, I would love that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think I think James L. Jones has done the Bible. Get out of town. I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. We'll effort that. We'll Dude, Darth, it out. Darth
1: Vader telling me stories about Jesus, <laughs> I'm all about that.
0: Um, Alright. So two stereos. Trade by the trade deadline uh-huh. or have to wait till the summer after the season's over. Scenario three, trade him by next year's trade deadline, the 2020 deadline, right? And if your team trading for him next year, you're trading for him on the premise that he's only going to be with you probably for a few months, help you in the playoffs, and you just need that one star to get you over the hump, right? right? And or maybe you convince him to stay, maybe right. not, right? Like, it's kind of a gamble.
1: The Manny Machado situation in LA was kind of similar they brought him yeah. on and it was his last last bit of his contract so the hope was either he comes he helps us win a championship and then maybe he sticks around or maybe he you know we lose and he sticks around but either way they were betting on him being able to help them win a championship yeah didn't work out but
0: yeah um, and then option 4 they do nothing they let him play out his, this year and next year And hope that by the end of next year, they're a much better team. (laughs) They, uh, yeah. I'm just
1: saying it's an option. I see why you saved that one for the end. Yeah.
0: So, better team. I think if, if, you were, if you were betting on this, I think Scenario 2 is the most likely to happen. Which that one was the, that? There was that, a lot of stuff in the middle of that that confused everything. What was the second option? A lot of stuff like The, the Hobbit and yeah. uh, your holidays and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. No, yeah. Drew
1: Holiday, the basketball player.
0: Yeah. Um, scenario 2 was waiting till this summer. Oh. right? And, and the reason I think the Pelicans would do that is because there's going to be more offers on the table. Better offers than they will get right now. Because right now, there's only a few teams that really have have players that they would offer up that can match salaries. There's really only a couple teams. The Knicks and the Lakers are two teams that kind of stand out, that have some young players um, that they'd be willing to give up, right? Yeah. Maybe the 76ers, maybe they trade Jimmy Butler for for Anthony Davis straight up. But then the Pelicans, what are they getting? They're getting Jimmy Butler for half a year, and he walks at the end of the year. Um, because the thing is you have to match salaries when you're doing players, and Anthony Davis is making something like $25, $27 million a year. So not many teams have that type of money on the books that they can trade that the Pelicans would actually want, because they either want young talent or contracts that would expire at the end of the year so that they have money to play with in the summer.
1: do you think New Orleans would be open to going full rebuild mode and go for assets, particularly draft assets?
0: Yeah, I think if you're the Pelicans, you have to do that because you're not going to compete. No matter mm-hmm. who you get back in return, you're not going to compete, compete with the the Warriors, you know, if the Lakers get another superstar with the Lakers, with the Rockets, you're not going to compete well, that, with the Thunder. They're not
1: competing now with one of the best young dynamic right. players in the league. Right. So when you lose him, of course, so you feel like no matter what, New Orleans has to go into rebuild mode.
0: Yeah. And so so the question that keeps c- coming to my mind is who actually has the leverage in this situation, right? Anthony Davis. You have Nor- New Orleans, right? Oh, um, talking teams? Okay. Well, well, yeah, all the players involved, right? So, yeah. You've got the Pelicans, right? Let's let's say the Lakers, because there's reports that they're they have targeted Anthony Davis. They would trade the farm for him, and then Anthony Davis himself. So New Orleans has leverage as it relates to other teams.
1: Okay, so they can okay. So so, so they have the asset everybody wants. They have
0: the asset everyone yeah. wants, right? So they they have the ability to listen to offers and to just take the best offer for them in their own timeline. Yeah. Okay, the Lakers have leverage right now in that not many other teams can trade for Anthony Davis and so if the Pelicans are worried about him losing him uh, about not getting the offers that they might that they would want to get in the summer like maybe now if they wait for example Lakers make an offer that's good offer right now Mm -hmm. they don't take it summer comes around they're expecting better offers and for whatever reason they don't get those the Lakers offer does not improve at that point, right yeah. If anything gets the same or it gets worse yeah. right So the Lakers have some leverage right now for the Pelicans to get a deal done right When Anthony Davis's value is super high um, you never know what can happen over the next six or yeah the next six months or so. Um, but all of this comes down to Anthony Davis. if he wants to be a Laker, he just needs to say that right now. And there's nothing really the Pelicans can do. They can trade him away like they did with Paul, jo- like the the Pacers did with Paul George. Yeah. Um, but with the Thunder and and the Pacers, that was like a, that was a pretty different situation. Paul George at that time wasn't viewed like Anthony Davis is. No, Anthony Davis is younger, viewed, healthier, younger, healthier, and unique. You know, there's not many seven footers
1: who have the skill that he has. Unicorn. They call him unicorns. Yeah, Chris Evans Porzingis is the white stallion of the unicorns. And so
0: if Anthony Davis says, I want to be a Laker. Because he's white. That shuts down offers from all the other teams, right? The Boston Celtics aren't going to give up their cash of picks and Jason Tatum and other
1: young stars for a guy who says, I want to be a Laker. Right. So I see what you're saying. But if you're the Pelicans, you have an obligation to do what's best for your team no matter what. That's right. Whatever Anthony Davis says, who cares? But you're saying when Anthony Davis comes out and says, I want to be a Laker, or if even if, if that, his agent's putting that out there, other teams instantly say, okay, we don't want just a year of Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. and we just don't want him to walk after yeah. a year. So the Lakers then becomes the only place where he'll actually stick around.
0: Yeah, right, right. And so th- that's that's what happened with Paul George. It diminished yeah. his trade value. Yeah. And at the time, everyone thought, wow, the Thunder really got – like Even though they were only going to get him for a year, what a great trade because all you had to do was give up Victor Oladipo and, and Sabonis, right? Well, they've turned out to be pretty good players, especially Victor
1: yeah. Oladipo. Yeah, well, he's, he, yeah, he got hurt. He's yeah. out the rest of the year. Yeah, really I, feel unfortunate. Really, yeah, I feel bad for him because I, I liked his play yeah. since he was on the Magic. And so to he, see him excel and kind of be the centerpiece in, in Indiana, was that felt really good for me because I respected his game a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad for him.
0: But, but it was viewed at the time as not getting equal talent. Right? Yeah. Like the Pacers could have gotten more from maybe other teams, but because Paul George was so adamant that he wanted to be a Laker, the Celtics weren't willing to give up picks. The Cle- Cleveland wasn't willing to give up their what was going to be a high draft pick. I think it ended up being like number eight. So
1: Paul George had his heart set on being a Laker, and that's what he said. He gets traded to the OKC. To the, to the Thunder. He and was then there f- for a year. And then in free agency, he chose the Thunder again? Yes.
0: So he and he chose the Thunder before Magic even had a chance to pitch him the Lakers. Well then
1: why why are we even listening to these players when they say we want I want to go here, I want to do that? Why why are we listening to them? Because clearly most of these players are out for their best interest, whether that's they want to win or they want the most money or they want to be in a specific place. Yeah. So why Well, if you're it, if, It's all posturing and how who can you trust?
0: Yeah. Well, if if you're a GM and you hear I want, if you hear from a player, I don't want to play for your team, I want to play for that team. It takes a lot of courage to say, I'm going to ignore what you're saying. I'm going to give up the few assets I have and I'm going to trade for you and I'm going to convince Mm -hmm. you that you want to be here. Yeah. Right? I mean, up
1: until that Paul George situation, we hadn't seen that a lot. That's the ultimate bet on yourself kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, you're going to love this so much. Like, we're going on this date because your mom owes me. And we're going to go on this date. But I'm putting my full effort into this, and I know you're going to fall in love with me Some on this sa- date.
0: Somehow Sam Presty the GM of the Thunder, the guy who lost Kevin Durant, who yep. traded away James Harden, yep. chose Serge Ibaka over James Harden, yep. broke up Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Somehow he convinced Paul George to stay. I don't know how. It doesn't matter. It's water under the bridge. A very tall bridge. I can't even see the water anymore. Um, but Anthony Davis holds most of the cards right now. If he comes out and says, Lakers only, Lakers only, then it puts the Lakers in a really good Position, I think they would still offer up whatever New Orleans wanted.
1: Well, yeah, because they have to, because New Orleans yeah. can always just say no, we'll hang on to it, and someone will offer something for, they'll, for Anthony. They'll Davis, get something. If he's on the de- trading blog.
0: They'll get something decent for him. Whether I mean, it's never going to be equal value. You never get equal value when you tra- when you trade the
1: star away, right? Right. Because the star is so valuable in the NBA.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a sure thing, right?
1: Yeah. Um. So, question. Yeah. You have a string of initials. <laughs> yeah. On our notes here, and I recognize some of them. But I know you know what they are and it's listed under twenty nineteen free agents. Yeah. Is this your, your list in order of the biggest free agents of twenty nineteen? Like so this um, offseason or what what's the, what am I looking at? Yeah, here?
0: more or less. So 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 Is that Chris Porzingis? So, 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 yes. So the the my my thought process was do the Lakers need to act right now? Because obviously I'm concerned most about the Lakers, right? And so The thought process was, do you trade away everything to get Anthony Davis? I think my answer is yes, because you always do the sure thing, right? For a star of that talent. Yeah. Okay? And Anthony Davis doesn't come around um, very often. And so I was just thinking, okay, you have the Paul George and Kawhi situations where, you know, they say Magic failed or Lakers failed to get these players. One, the Lakers weren't even allowed to make an offer on Paul George. The Pacers did not want to deal with him because... So there's the other thing, is when a star says, I want to go to the Lakers or I want to go to this team, often the team that has the player doesn't want to deal with that other team, right? Because it makes them look bad, especially when you're dealing with the Lakers. Who wants to help the Lakers, right? They're like, they're the Yankees of the... What are you looking at me like that for?
1: Oh, no, I was just... A lot of Lakers, homers coming out right now.
0: No, no, no! I'm saying
1: teams don't want to deal with the Lakers. Oh, so like, I, why would you want to? I deal thought with you Lakers? were gonna go to Lakers Homer mode, and so I kind of <laughs> shut down a little bit. I stopped listening.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so they they lost out on on Paul George and Kawhi. I just want to be but, honest, but they didn't they didn't ever like get a chance to
1: actually like pitch them right. Okay, so you, it sounds like you're defending the Lakers, which is why I think I was trying to tune you out because yeah. I was hearing Lakers Homer coming out.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm just trying to get to the to the the point of sh- do they need to act now? Right. Here are the the free agents coming up, right? say they whiff on Anthony Davis or they don't make an offer on Anthony Davis thinking with an eye towards this offseason. Okay. Unrestricted free agents you have, and this is like the the offseason of the Ks, right? Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. Okay. Which, very interesting what's going on there with him rewind, and LeBron. Rewind. LeBron sending him messages on Instagram. Rewind. They're all buddy-buddy again. He, rewind.
1: Irving called LeBron to apologize. for And apparently asked for his advice. So Who saw that coming? All of you raising your hands right now, stop it. You did not. Um, K- Kimba Walker. Kimba? He's balling out, dude.
0: KT. Who's KT? Klay Thompson. He's a free agent. Uh, Chris Middleton on the Bucks. Kristaps Porzingis, he's a restricted free agent, mm. so so the,
1: the Knicks can match whatever offer he gets.
0: Yeah, uh, Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Yeah. So those were like my top ten or so free agents, right? And so all of them except Porzingis will get to choose where they go at the end of the season. They, many of them will probably resign with their current teams because that's what happens. It's where you get the most money, in most years.
1: Yeah, that's how the that's how the contracts are set up in the NBA. You're incentivized for staying with your team. Yeah, but... Financially incentivized. I don't think... By making more money.
0: I don't think the worst case the worst case scenario is that the Lakers panic and trade for someone else, right? Like a Tobias Harris, right? Or and then he Hart, leaves at the end of the And year. then he leaves, right? Like, at least not the worst case scenario, okay? But I, think,
1: I don't they think they won't do that because you have LeBron on contract for another two years after this. They're going to play this slow. They're going to play the slow game. And I think you would the hope. Lakers will be... Com- I think they'll be competing... For Western Conference championships in a couple of years. Because that's just, that's what LeBron does. LeBron doesn't know any other way to be. That's just, I hope so. that's LeBron mode. I hope so. In fact, I still don't count them out to to make noise in the Western Conference playoffs this year. We'll that, see. I mean, heaven knows LeBron James is well rested. Yeah. I'm sorry, Staples Center knows that LeBron James is well rested. I figured I would speak your language a little. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think you
0: have to trade for Anthony Davis, but if it's available. If the, if the Pelicans are willing to deal with you, ship out whoever you need to ship out. If they're not laying LeBron, who cares? Kuzma's awesome. I think Ball has I and mean, Ingram have tons of potential. But if we're talking about a four- or five-year window, like for LeBron, right, let's let's maximize the people around him. And I think you, you, have to, you have to give up whatever you need to to get Anthony Davis.
1: So your take with the Anthony Davis situation from a Lakers perspective is trade if you can or if you feel like it's a good thing or don't either one
0: i mean i i think i think failing to get anthony davis isn't a nightmare scenario because you have a bunch of free agents in the offseason i think you get at least one of them because people don't want to come and play with lebron plan a would be anthony davis you pair two generational talents hard to beat right yeah but plan b isn't as bad as nightmarish as some commentators are going to make it out to be yeah
1: and again i lakers fans patience you have the best player in the world, who has his own sports agency. Yeah, you're gonna be all right. So don't don't panic.
0: So um, so the next don't panic, Anthony. When you're watching this or re- listening to this, the next nine, eight, seven, five, whenever you listen to this, the next few days will uh, be interesting to see if anything happens with Anthony Davis. I, if I'm the Pelicans, I think I want to wait till the summer just to see, because
1: you're gonna get a lot more offers in the summer. Also, if he gets hurt between now and the summer. Well, that's a big deal. That would be a bummer. Yeah. You'd have another DeMarcus Cousins situation. You you might just sit
0: him the rest of the year. I mean, if you know if your plan is to trade him this summer, you might just shut him down. It's basically what
1: Kawhi did, but he like he did a self-imposed <laughs> Yeah. And, sit out.
0: And so, yeah. I wanted to fan Anthony Davis's decision a little bit because you know, he I'm, I'm hearing from some people, I mean, maybe a lot of them are New Orleans fans, but like you know, they're they're lamenting the the small market teams that can't keep these big players, right? And yes, it's true they get paid a lot of money for their from their teams, but they get paid so much more in endorsements. And the fact that Anthony Davis is on a losing team, is not starting in the All-Star game and doesn't have a signature shoe, like he's a Nike athlete just like Giannis is. But Giannis is surrounded by talent. And, and the Bucks have been very proactive about building this roster around him, and he's got a signature shoe for Nike. Anthony Davis doesn't. Why? Why? Jonas is the captain of the East team, right? Anthony Davis probably wishes he were the captain of an all-star team. And so you have these guys who are pretty similar in their careers in terms of, like, I think Giannis is maybe, like, five years in, and, and Anthony Davis is, like, seven years in, something like that. Um, but, you, you know, they play... Similar positions or the same position, both power forward centers. And uh, if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm wondering why, you know, I have just as much talent as that guy. Different skill set maybe, but just as much talent. Um, I can't
1: capitalize on it here. And I need to be somewhere else. I'm never going to fault someone for trying to find a better working situation. I'm never going to fault someone saying, I want to move and work in a better environment or for more money. I'm never going to question that yeah. unless it's uh, unless you're leaving the 49ers and going to another team. Then I'll hate you forever. <laughs> but New Orleans fans, you have nothing to... I mean, calm down, New Orleans fans. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I will never begrudge someone for finding a better situation for themselves or, or their families. I will never begrudge that.
0: You know who's not leaving their current team anytime Who? soon? James Harden. Because James Harden doesn't actually have a team.
1: No, he doesn't need one. <laughs> he doesn't need a team. And you guys think like we're just saying that? No. There's statistical evidence... To prove that he doesn't need anybody. Yeah, he went something like... I, I realize I said that with a comma. <laughs> it was a period. I'm sorry, so let me, can I redo that? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't need anybody. See how that was different? Oh, yeah. That was poignant. It was. It changed impactful. the dynamic of the entire flow was... of the conversation and things. And I feel like it kind of halted the conversation a little bit. So instead of like just moving past it, I feel like it was important to re-explain, to retry it. And then drag the whole show into the mud by going on this long, drawn-out explanation about why I felt like I needed to rephrase what I said. Thanks, David. You're welcome. Uh,
0: yeah, so he what got up, what, to like 85, 86 unassisted baskets
1: or something like that in a row? I feel like that's an objectively oh! correct stat that we might hear later in the show.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, – let's, you got any more basketball talk?
1: No, I think we no, – oh.
0: The Curry brothers highlighting the uh, headlining. Sorry, the three-point contest.
1: Couldn't care less.
0: You know that the two. uh, This isn't one of my objectively correct stats, but the two uh, active NBA players with the highest three-point percentage. Stephen and Seth Curry, brothers. Isn't
1: that pretty cool? So, so not not that the two. Okay, active players. The two active players with the highest combined field goal percentage is three-point percentage. So, are they number one and number two then? But I think so. They'd have to be, right? Well, yes. That, I mean, that there's works. That's, there's no other mathematical way that that could happen. I mean, they can be two and one. Right. So, but so Seth's number one and Seth is number two. I don't know. One, they're one and two. One of them's one, one of them's two. Neat. Stats Ooh. are fun.
0: Also, oh no, this is my directly correct stat. I'm gonna save it for later.
1: Nice. I'm very excited okay we played a game last week where you quizzed me on trophies yes. and I tried to guess or, or, or championship trophies or the name of championships or whatever and I had to guess what sport they came from gray cup uh, the CFL CFL yeah dude come on president's cup was uh rowing no, that was america's cup america's cup see whatever uh I have a game for you it, it was yacht sailing yacht sailing yeah okay darling
0: <laughs> that
1: rich, rich. That's my rich, rich guy with the mid-Atlantic accent. Were you twirling it with your, your glass of wine? <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, it's like an old-timey news reporter mixed with Thurston
1: III. <laughs> I'm very proud of and the. That's a timely reference. Yeah, I'm. I'm proud of the one person who got that because it wasn't me. Okay, time for my game. Yeah. This is what sport do they play? Uh oh. I'm gonna give you a name of an athlete. You have to tell me what sport this athlete plays. Okay. Okay, I promise there's like at least one and maybe half of a softball in here. Okay, you ready?
0: Okay. <laughs> there are no softball players either.
1: Oh no. Alright. Cristian Kiko Alonso. Cristian Alonso. Ki- Kiko is his nickname. That's like his short Kiko. name. So okay. Christian or Kiko Alonso.
0: Okay, I want to say soccer, and I'm going to say soccer.
1: No, he's a linebacker for the Dolphins. Of course he is. Okay, Philip uh, Filipovic.
0: Philip Filipovic
1: tennis. <laughs> no, water polo. Of course. I'm guessing Filipovic. I think uh, Philip son of. You start Phillip, guessing. Okay, next one. This, water polo's number I, two. Dude, you don't know who Kiko Alonso is? Okay. No, I, I do. When you say it like that, I said Kiko Alonso. Okay, mm. okay. Mm. Go to the judges for that one. Okay, next one. Stop Z- doing
0: accents. All right, just do just English American.
1: Zinedine Zidane.
0: Soccer, French, head butter.
1: Yes. <laughs> Bonus points for the for the knowledge there. Okay, Michael Van Gerwin
0: Michael Van Gerwin Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. It should. I think it should sound a little familiar to you. It should. I think so. I think it should sound a little familiar. I think we may have talked about him on the show.
0: Is he a linebacker?
1: No. Ben Gerwin. Mm-hmm. Ben Gerwin. This guy is a world champion dart thrower. Oh. Okay. He might be one of the fart throwers, too. Oh my not sure. Oh. Next one. Kyle Trope. Baseball. That's a good guess. He's actually a full-time Afro grower.
0: What? That's not a sport. That's not and an athlete.
1: a part-time pro bowler. Oh. This guy's Afro is amazing. This is a stupid game. You're a stupid game. Sophia Dunkley.
0: Dunk. Is there a, is there a clue in the name? No, there is not. Okay.
1: Sophia. Olympic
0: or non Olympic sport?
1: I want to say non, uh, but if it were an Olympic sport, I wouldn't pay attention to it. So I'm not a good person to ask if this sports an Olympic sport or not. Perfect. Lacrosse. Oh, good guess. No, cricket.
0: <laughs> That's a lawn stick game. Okay. <laughs> It's the same
1: uh, subcategory of uh, okay, okay. Now, this now genre. I, I think we're getting a little bit more into the easier ones now, oh, okay? Thankfully. Okay, Ryan. Kids better? No, Ryan Arcidiacono. Ryan Arcidiacono.
0: Is, is Arcidiacono one name?
1: Yeah. What? Yeah, that's the surname. Ryan Arcidiacono. Can you tell me where he's from? No, because I don't know. What? I can tell you he plays a, a sport that involves a ball. Billiards. Go close. He's uh a, he's a, he's a Chicago bull. <laughs> he plays in the NBA. He's in the NBA? Yes. Okay. Yikes. Here we go. This this one might help you out. Okay. Adam McCreary. Uh, why, why why am I blanking on his Adam McCreary. Yes, I know McCreary. Where is he from? Hold on. This is bad. This is gonna kill you. This is really bad. Adam McCreary. Adam McCreary.
0: Can I get a hint?
1: Yeah, you should know this guy. I'll say that you should know him, Adam, Adam McCreary. I don't know football. No, no, he's a he's a he's a Dodger.
0: What? Yeah, yeah, this dude's a Dodger. Since when?
1: Adam McCreary. I don't know. Since I googled it.
0: All Adam right. McCreary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not on the roster.
1: Look it up. I just looked it up today. Adam McCreary. Yeah, Adam McCreary. Finish the game. Finish. I'm looking up. Go Adam away, look it up. Look it up. Can I can I give the next one now? How do you okay. spell McCreary? I, you got E E R. Yeah. See? There he is. Boom. Why has he got a Dodgers. Well, he's probably just, probably just acquired. Mm-hmm. Looks like a minor league prospect. Anyway, next on the list. Why should I know him? Isaac Bonga.
0: He was traded to the Dodgers in November. Okay. Oh. There you go. For cash. Hot oh. stove.
1: Come on. <laughs> Pay attention to the hot stove. Right. Okay. Next name. Okay. This one, you might know this one too. Isaac Bonga.
0: Yeah. I know him.
1: Okay. He's a Laker. Yeah. Currently
0: playing for the South Bay Lakers. There
1: you go. Nice. Dropping some extra knowledge again. Okay. From Germany. This one should also be easy. Christian Pulisic.
0: He is America's hope for a good soccer team. Yeah.
1: In other words, he's America's next great disappointment in soccer. <laughs> is
0: All he right. in the German league or yeah, league? Bundesliga. Bundesliga. I know that from I'm playing Buddhist FIFA. <laughs> All
1: right. And then my final one, and this one's kind of a softball too. Chad Johnson.
0: As in Ocho cinco?
1: Chad Johnson.
0: <laughs> As in the retired football
1: player? Chad Johnson. Is that your final answer? The football player? Yes. No. <laughs> the Bruins goaltender, Chad Johnson, obviously. Okay. Yeah, you weren't good at that game.
0: Oh, I'm just going <laughs> to throw around random names of people who don't exist next time and see what you can... I'm going to give you names of colors in French and you tell me their English names. I don't know. This is a stupid game. Thanks,
1: David. That was a great game. Well researched. You're just jealous because you lost hard. Did I? Well, there were no rules. You got like th- two right, therefore you lost. It's a pass. I have a two of diamonds and a an ace of spades. I win. <laughs> That's
0: good. That's Big Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: little Adam, Adam Sandler joint. <sighs>
0: so I did. I definitely didn't make the uh, the Hall of Fame of your game, David.
1: Nice segue.
0: Oh, but you know who did make the Hall of Fame? And was the first ever unanimous first ballot inductee for the baseball hall of fame?
1: No, first ever 100% ever. Unanimous, yeah. Yeah, first ever. Not yeah. not just first ballot, but ever ever. But
0: yes, unanimous first ballot.
1: Yeah. Yes. But but not just Okay,
0: yeah. Unanimous means everyone. I know what it's it 100%. means. It's
1: 100%. But you qualified It was
0: implicit. You qualified it by saying first ballot. Like Well, there's a unanimous second ballot. on the first time, Mariano Rivera. Golf clap for Mariano. But should he have been the first ever, 100% unanimous first ballot? Who was the guy
1: that said Ted Williams isn't on my Hall of Fame ballot? Yeah. Who was the guy that said Babe Ruth isn't on my Hall of Fame ballot? The best baseball player ever at that time. Cal Ripken Jr., King Griffey Jr., Ozzie Smith. I mean, there are so many. We're leaving off a million players who are super deserving. Satchel Paige. Hank Aaron? Jackie Robinson, Bonus Wagner, Tennessee Mountain Landis. Any <laughs> anytime I can say Tennessee Mountain Landis, I'm going to. I should name a dog Tennessee Mountain Landis. i never did he like... have a handlebar mustache? Wait, he was around in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> just post Civil War era. Definitely. Yeah.
1: So the inductees this year were Harold Baines, Lee Smith, the aforementioned Mo Rivera, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Mussina.
0: Mhm.
1: So yeah I, I
0: All probably worthy inductees I mean I don't know some of them Some of them must be older yeah. What drives
1: me nuts And you know how much I love Misa Barry Bonds Barry Bonds I think is Underappreciated As a baseball player Which is crazy to me Because everyone knows how amazing he is Right? Everyone Dude, looks at the stats and they say Wow how amazing Great. And then they always player. point to the steroids and stuff like that But he was never suspended for it. Yeah, it wasn't people not for him. I don't think
0: it was even illegal at the time.
1: Yeah, I don't get it, man. And so his number keeps going up higher and higher. Like, more people are putting him on the ballot.
0: Yeah, he started off at like 30-something percent. And this year, he got up to 59.1 percent. You need 75 percent to get in.
1: Right. And this is what I don't... I don't know what these these baseball writers that have these Hall of Fame votes... I don't know... They're, like, trying to put their, make their mark or make some sort of statement. Stop making statements, and if a player deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, put him in the Hall of Fame. Like who, sh- shut up and dribble, right? Who are you? <laughs> no. Who? Are, totally different. <laughs> who are you to, to moralize the Hall of Fame? This isn't a Hall of Fame for being a good person. Mm-hmm. Because if that were the case, Ty Cobb and Tennessee Mountain Landis wouldn't be there. (laughs) Because they weren't great people. Do not disparage Tennessee Mountain Landis. I'm sorry. All you Tennessee Mountain Landis stands out there. But stop moralizing the game. He is one of the best players of all time. Probably top three. I'm not going to say easy because there's always, well, actually, guy. But he's, in my mind, a top three player. Probably the best player of all time. And... To have him not be in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous. To not have Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, to me, is ridiculous. Even if he were betting on himself and betting on baseball, he still had to get 3,000-plus hits. He still had to get the most hits in baseball history. I don't care how many times you bet against yourself or bet for yourself. That's not going to instantly make you a better baseball player. He did not enhance his performance in any way, even if he was gambling on every Reds game he was ever in or coached in. So, the fact that he is the hit king and that he's not in the Hall of Fame is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that the home run king, and more on some of his stats later, objectively correct plug again, it's ridiculous that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Like I said, if you turned all, I, I talked about this on a show before, if you take away all of Barry Bond's home runs and turn them into strikeouts, he would have a better batting average and a better on base percentage than tons of current Hall of Famers. So the thing that is the most tainted about his game, if you take all of it away and turn them into the worst play he could possibly get, he would still be worthy of the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, that's a compelling argument, right? And and the other the other uh, kind of glaring omission right now is Roger Clemens. The, the, among the players who are still eligible to be inducted, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are, are the two big omissions. So, Clemens is sitting at, this year he got 59.5% of the vote.
1: More than Bonds, which I will never understand. So,
0: yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're a sports writer, you have this vote, and your argument, your only argument against Bonds has to be that he took PEDs. Whether, whether or not they were illegal at the time, kind of gray area, but, but your only argument for not including Bonds is that he took PEDs. So if you're in that 0.4% that didn't vote in Bonds, but did vote in Clemens, who is just as much documentation, evidence, testimony that he did take PEDs, uh, how do you get... Because Clemens is objectively a worse baseball player. He's an amazing baseball player, was an amazing pitcher, uh, had a lot of success, but you can't, with a straight face, say that he was a better baseball player than Barry Bonds... How does he get more votes than Barry Bonds if the criteria is, I don't vote for people who took PEDs? The answer is bias. Bonds was not a media darling at all. Um, And I think maybe that hurts him a little bit now. Um, Not something you necessarily think about when you're a player. No. You want to suck up to the media because someday they're going to be voting on whether or not you get into the Hall of Fame. Right. And that's. And that's one of the problems with the system. Like, yeah. maybe maybe you do it like the All Star, the NBA All Star game, where there's there's a fan component, there's a players GM component, and well, I guess that's maybe it. But but you can you can include the, some I, some. I think I th- you, you got to divvy up the vote somehow, not just yes. this group of of individuals uh, that you know. Especially a lot of these baseball players, they're old. They've had their votes for a long time. They don't care about analytics, maybe right? And it's just kind of. Ooh, in my gut, are they a Hall of Famer? Yes. Or they're on the 10th year. It's the last time they can get in. I'm going to give you know the sentimental vote. That was the Edgar Martinez, right? Like, why this year and not the previous nine years? What
1: changed in the last nine years to make him a Hall of Famer? He didn't become a sudden. better baseball player. Yeah, he didn't play the last nine years, <laughs> right? So, I, yeah, the way the voting in the Baseball Hall of Fame goes is weird. I like the idea of having a Hall of Famer's ballot where current Hall of Famers can yeah. vote for players and have that weigh into the situation. That way, if you get only 72% of the writers' vote, but then you get like 85% of the Hall of Famers' vote, and that bumps you up to 75 total, yeah, I think good. you should get in. I think that's a good idea. And who better to judge Hall of Famers than guys who had played the game at the highest level mm-hmm. and played against these other players? Because I guarantee you, pitchers that pitched against Barry Bonds will tell you he was the most feared hitter that they faced ever.
0: Yeah. Um, My thing about the Hall of Fame, and it's kind of echoing what you said earlier, is that it's not a Hall of good guys. It's not. It's a Hall of who had the most impact on the game, right? Can you tell the story of baseball without including this guy? If you can't tell the story of baseball without including Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or Pete Rose, then they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, there's going to be your random player who had a significant impact on like one game, maybe, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they were a generational type player, right? They impacted significant teams over the course of of multiple seasons. They led statistical categories they were mvps like these are players that you can't just discard because you didn't like them or i mean it's one thing if you legitimately cheated it was against the rules but we're talking about an era where baseball wasn't really they were looking the other way okay it's a different situation than a rod a rod was suspended 211 games by Major League Baseball. And
1: everybody loves A-Rod. Everybody loves you, them now. You sprinkle a little J-Lo on it. It's the J-Lo, okay. This, here's a little J-Lo glitter. Got that J-Lo glitter on there, A-Rod. A little more J-Lo <laughs> well, glitter? A <laughs> little Salsa <laughs> J-Lo glitter? J-Lo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> J-Lo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite things we've done together. Okay. We have had this great podcast that, that I've loved putting together and we I love doing with you. And I'm ignoring that for time reasons. Okay. And uh, you were making food and you took your butter and put it in the skillet like this, and we butter. called it we called it butter bay. Butter bay, <laughs> and we sent that to our family, well, my family, knowing that like two people would understand. Yeah, so it shout not out to the, yeah, shout out to the two of you that understood. But it was one of my favorite things we've ever done. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, we should probably put that on the YouTube channel, maybe. Mm, maybe I feel like the moment's passed though, and then I just explained it here on the podcast. Yeah, what we were talking about, Hall of
0: Fame. So. Yeah, if you can't tell a story of baseball without talking about Barry Bonds, then I think Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And it doesn't mean you don't tell the whole story, right? In in the in the Barry Bonds exhibit, you know, you have a paragraph that Oh, it was found out that he used PEDs. His, his trainer admitted that, yes, I supplied him with PEDs. You know, he didn't know. Unbeknownst that. to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and so, you know, his stats in, in these years may have been affected by that. But also... Everyone else was doing it, and... including
1: the pitchers who he had to hit against. Yeah, that's a factor that nobody talks about. The pitchers were probably doing it too. In fact, pitchers these days are still enhancing their performance with creams or sunscreen or bug spray or something to give themselves better grip on the ball. Yeah. so they are actually breaking baseball rules, and yeah, no baseball's, one's talking about it.
0: Baseball is such a weird sport that way. It's like, oh, uh, if you if you break these rules, you. You know, we shun you. We
1: disgrace you forever.
0: But if you're not trying to break these other rules, you're not a baseball player.
1: <laughs> right? It's such a weird thing these and these like rules about hitting certain people, not hitting other people. Yeah, the
0: unwritten rules of baseball. How you can slide. Don't step on his ankle. I <laughs> mean, come on.
1: <laughs> right. Uh... Should we do objectively correct now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, I think. Are you leading it off this time? You're leading off objectively. I correct will this time, lead right? it off. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. So you're leading off objectively correct. Do it. How, how many do you have? I have five.
0: Uh, I have six. All right. Or seven, but I'm good. I'll I'll discard one. Um, Golden State's win over Boston on Saturday marked the 300th victory as a head coach for Steve Kerr. He breaks Pat Riley's NBA record for fewest losses at the time of his 300th win. Kerr reached 300 wins with 77 losses. Riley had 116 losses when he, he earned his 300th win. This is also a meaningless statistic because Steve Kerr coaches the Golden State Warriors. Luke Walton was like 25-0 with the Golden State Warriors. So congratulations, Steve Kerr. You have Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Andre Godala, Draymond Green, and a host of other people who bought in.
1: Sean Livingston. Okay, this is going a little, a few weeks back. Patriots and Chiefs played in the AFC Championship game a couple weeks ago. In that game, the Patriots had 36 players on the roster who had played in an AFC Championship game previously for a total of uh, 123 games, AFC Championship games that they have played in. The Kansas City Chiefs had zero such players. <laughs>
0: I've got, a, I've got a very similar statistic coming up. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Kenneth Fareed assisted on James Harden, on James Harden's first quarter floater in their last game, in the Rockets last game, snapping Harden's streak of 87 consecutive field goals without one being assisted. So that means he created every shot for 87 shots that went in. That streak was more than twice as long as any other player in the last 10 seasons. The next closest was Steve Nash with 42.
1: Oh. (laughs) Russell Westbrook recently recorded his 120th career triple-double. It's his seventh career triple-double shooting 25% or worse from the field, (laughs) tying Bob Cousy for the most in NBA history. And I think he'll get a few more before he's done.
0: Jared Goff. Needed only three seasons to reach the Super Bowl, which is the fewest by any quarterback picked number one overall in NFL history. Wow, 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 wow.
1: James Harden had 304 consecutive unassisted points.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. Julian Edelman has caught 83 passes for 54 first downs over his last 10 postseason games. Both are NFL highs for a span of 10 playoff games.
1: That's all he does. Yeah, he's He's, the 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 Chris Carter Carter of first downs. (laughs) Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell is averaging 30.4 points and 6.1 assists over his last 10 games. Say that again. Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell is averaging 30.4 points and 6.1 assists over his last 10 games. Wow, good for you, Spider. Rams come into Sunday. This is my similar to your
0: the one you had. The Rams come into Sunday with just four players on their roster who have played in a Super Bowl before. Four, three of them actually won a Super Bowl. Hey, the Patriots have thirty-six players on their roster who have played in a previous Super Bowl. They have thirty-eight who were on the roster. Two didn't play apparently, and twenty-seven of those players
1: have won a Super Bowl. In a week, we are all Los Angeles Rams. Here we go. This is just one of many Barry Bonds stats. Barry Bonds is the only member of the 500 home run, 500 steals club. He's also the only member of the 400 home run and 400 steals club. Wow.
0: Those PEDs really help him steal the bases. Let,
1: let that settle in, everybody. Yeah. Should I read that again for effect? Because I think that's... Read it again after my next one. All right. If Stephen Curry... I just call him Steph. For short I thought you and him were tight yeah with your Lakers hat on
0: <laughs> if Steph Curry missed his next 1,000 three point attempts his career three point percentage would still be higher than James Harden's.
1: no he could
0: miss a thousand straight All right, and then,
1: you want to read it again? Barry Bonds is the only member of the 500 home run and 500 steals club. He's also the only member of the 400 home run and 400 steals club. Amazing. The only one. Amazing. Um, Put him in the Hall of Fame. Real super
0: important statistic I found earlier today. Factoid. Uh, A quarter has 119 grooves on its edge. A dime? 118.
1: Chew on that. The combined total of a quarter and a dime is not worth that stat that you just gave. <laughs> it's probably
0: true. Okay. More than we make on this podcast, though.
1: I already shouted out to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> we all expect Taco that. Bell. They got that chalupa Bassmasters.
0: Yeah. Anyone else want to jump on the uh, subjectively correct train while it's hot? Podcast. It's the next media d- money maker, according to the ringer. Well said.
1: Yes. <laughs> and that's why you should advertise with us. Brilliant quips like that. So finish up. I just wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. It's coming up on Sunday. It's so hard for me to talk about the Super Bowl this week because it's like we have no idea what's going to happen. No.
0: We have no idea. But I think if there's anything I learned from Tony my... Tony Romo knows. Tony, Tony, tell us. Tony knows. Tony knows. That's the next great documentary. Yeah. Is the conspiracy
1: was... of how he knows. do already explained it.
0: He's from the future.
1: Just rewind about 30 minutes and I, I explained it. Um, He's not from the future.
0: The one stat I read just blew me away. In his last 83 catches, Julian Edelman has caught 54 first downs. That's ridiculous. Right? And if you watched the Patriots-Chiefs, in my mind, the, the Chiefs outplayed the Patriots in the second half. But they weren't able to get ahead and create separation because they couldn't get the Patriots off the field on third down. Yeah, it, there there were so many third and longs that that Tom Brady completed to Gronk and Edelman um, and Hogan on the catch and on catch um, that it was super frustrating. I'm not a huge Chiefs fan. I wanted them to win, but it was just like again like how how you know they have to throw the ball you know they're gonna go over the middle you, but you can't stop it and so uh, my key yeah, his keys to the game my, <laughs> my I didn't know we we're gonna do keys to the game <laughs> my key to the game is get the Patriots off the field don't let them score right right so no so it's the third down pressure when Brady feels pressure he's a much worse. He's he's, a, he's more worse. He's worser. less
1: good. He's more worser. He's less good more than worser. he
0: normally would otherwise be. Like any quarterback, but it really affects Brady more because he's not as mobile. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. he's not an Aaron Rodgers. He can't you know, he can't run outside the pocket and, and hit someone throwing across his body. No, That's I'll, just not his
1: game. I won't call him cement footed. Lead footed? I was thinking like anvil footed. <laughs> <Like>, Acme anvil footed. Yeah. <laughs> Like Wiley uh, Coyote. So I mean the key uh, to you, know,
0: you look at his Super Bowl losses, you know, the Giants, their front, the pressure they were able to put on him.
1: Pressure with four.
0: Yeah. And so you're the Rams. You went in all in this offseason. You gave Aaron Donald his money. You 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 signed in Dominican Like let those guys eat. Wade Phillips, draw up pressure.
1: Wade Phillips' dad's name is Bum.
0: Did you see Wade Phillips getting off the plane?
1: Bum Phillips. He was wearing Bum's jacket.
0: And a cowboy hat.
1: Yeah, it looked great. It was cool. It was nice little throwback to his pops, right? Yeah. Bum Phillips. So the important thing for the Patriots is not just that pressure, but pressure up the middle. Mm-hmm. If you get pressure up the middle, there's nothing that – because the Patriots' offense thrives on getting the ball out of Tom Brady's hands as quickly as possible. Yeah.
0: And he can step up in the pocket, but, but going, going outside, yeah.
1: Right, and, and that's that's the thing. So you know pressure from the outside isn't as important. It's quick pressure up the middle, and the way teams uh, always seem to get beaten by the Patriots is the outside edge rushers, that's usually how teams get their pressure, but Tom Brady is never going to do the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton style of offense, where he'll do a seven or sometimes a nine-step drop, sit at the top of his drop, and then have to make a read and a throw. It's never going to be that way. It's going to be a one, two, three, sometimes a five, sometimes at a shotgun and a one or two-step drop, and then get the ball out. It's rhythm, it's timing, and the only way to disrupt it when, it's, when the timing is that quick is to get that pressure up the middle. And I feel like the Rams are built for that with Donald and Sue. Mm. Now the key is going to be, can the Patriots running game tire out those big defensive linemen? And if it does, then they won't be effective in the fourth quarter. So I, I see one of two things happening. Early in the game, they established the run and things look kind of sluggish for the Patriots to start. But by the third, into the third, the fourth quarter, the Patriots are going to go no huddle and they're going to speed the game up, and the Patriot uh, the Rams pass rush is going to disappear, mm-hmm. and then Brady's going to start picking apart the secondary. Or
0: yeah, and if there's anything we learned from the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, no lead is safe. No, like no. they will they will chip away at that lead, and all of a sudden it's tie ball game, and they win. Absolutely. I mean, if Do- you give Brady a chance to win at the end.
1: He might get some help, but it is, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then the other thing that, that could happen is they stop the run early. They don't give up big plays early. And if they can do that, then they'll be fresh and they'll be able to get that pass rush up the middle and it'll disrupt the the Patriots' rhythm on offense. Yeah. But that all being said, you have to go out and execute it. And there's no quarterback better at executing the plan, and executing the offense, than Thomas Brady.
0: Thomas Melville Brady. What's what's his middle name? I have no idea. Um, Does Giselle know his middle name? Probably not. I doubt it.
1: That's not not a knock on Giselle. Who calls him Tom Brady? I'm hoping for
0: an entertaining Super Bowl like we've had the last few years. Like the games last weekend. Tom
1: Joseph. I feel like Tom Joseph Brady would be good.
0: Last thing to end on?
1: Like Joe Montana.
0: Bill Belichick, evil genius. It was revealed this week.
1: What do you mean this week? He's been an evil genius for 50 years. It was further
0: cemented into his legacy this week. Sean McVay at a press conference noted uh, they asked about his relationship with Bill Belichick He's said like, oh it's great he started texting me this year after each of our games and said oh I really liked what you did here and we talk football so Bill Belichick essentially has the entire Rams playbook now they've been sharing notes all season Bill Belichick's not texting Andy Reid he's not texting Sean Payton Somehow he knew that he was going to play Sean McVay in the Super Bowl.
1: And the Saints mysteriously get a no call at the end of the game. Things are smelling pretty fishy. Mm, I've se- I sense another gate coming on. Right? Text gate. I, I am no text gate. I am no, like, conspiracy theorist. But this Patriot stuff <laughs> is starting to feel kind of Roswell to me. Yeah. That was a alien reference because of Roswell, New Mexico. Area 51. That was... A worse reference to what I was doing. A more obvious one.
0: Independence Day.
1: That's a Will Smith joint. Mm. would you call it a Jeff Goldblum joint? Your thoughts.
0: See you next week.
1: Aww. Are we going to talk about that next week? We will have the answer to that next week. As we break down the Super Bowl play by play. Okay, so we'll break down the Super Bowl after we break down Independence Day. Not the new one. The the original with Uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum.
0: All right, Adam McCreary, I want to see you pitching for the Dodgers this year.
1: Do you really?